This episode of Collision Boost Radio is sponsored by the Automotive Management Institute. AMI offers over 300 online courses covering collision repair topics like critical soft skills, operations, marketing, estimating, management, and leadership. Additionally, AMI offers required and highly recommended online courses for the FCA Certified Collision Program, including how to use Tech Authority, marketing your FCA certification, improving CSI, and the Mopar YTech Scan Tool Program. AMI is also the place to earn collision repair certificates and professional designations for customer service, office management, general management, and estimating. For more information, go to amionline.org. Hello, Collision Boost listeners. This is your host, Jeff Peavy. We're back with another episode of If You Love This Industry, It Will Love You Back, where we interview some of the industry's best-known professionals who are known for their passion for what they do. Again, these individuals will provide uh, inspiration and guidance on your journey to a successful collision repair industry career. Remember, it's not just a job unless you limit it to that. Um, But it certainly can be a solid professional career, and that is our goal here with Collision Boost Radio. So today, we're sitting down with Daryl Amberson, President of Operations for Lemetri's Collision out of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area of the country. And uh, uh, Daryl, thanks for taking the time to be here. Uh, This... uh, I was really excited to be able to get you to agree. It's a busy week uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of people here. Again, we are at the uh, Collision Industry Conference in Palm Springs, and we were joking earlier. They were playing music out at the pool, and you could hear people laughing. It's like, if you hear that, just know we're in a pretty good location. So, uh, uh, well, again, thanks. Uh, so let's just start. Tell us uh, tell us what you currently do and a little bit about your employer. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Lemetri's Collision has 10 collision locations. We've got six now uh, mechanical sites. Uh, three of them are within other shops, and three are basically standalone. Uh, so we now do uh, not, or frankly, obviously, we do a lot of collision repair. Mm-hmm. But over 10% of our business right now is non-collision, if you oh, think wow. about mechanical, glass, paintless dent repair, and clear guard. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I know. How many How many locations do you have? 10 collision. In collision and six mechanical, okay. and three of them, three of the mechanical locations are within collision shops, and the others are standalone. That's that's a lot to keep up with. That's a lot of cars. Uh, yes, that's getting repaired. That's uh, that's that's pretty neat. That's uh, about uh, fifteen hundred cars a month. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when you stop and think about that, that is a mm-hmm. lot of parts ordered, and you know, yes. as we as we talk to the collision mm-hmm. boost listeners about mm-hmm. parts and kind of thinking through all of mm-hmm. the different mechanisms and and operations that are involved in the collision repair operation. That's a good example of 1,500 cars. That's a lot of parts, a lot of pain, mm-hmm. a lot of things to keep up with. Uh, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about the, the changes in the industry and really some exciting things. I think it's an exciting time to be in the industry for those that are willing to keep up. I think personally that experience, though it's always important, it has a shorter shelf life than it ever has. So. Um, you know, so you're sitting in the interview chair here. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you got here, and tell us your story about how you how your career went in the industry. Well, growing up, uh, 
frankly, I was more interested in hunting and fishing and school and things like that when I was younger. Some neighborhood buddies got me interested in cars, and it was during the muscle car era, and I fell in love with performance cars and cars overall at the time. And uh, as I was uh, approaching graduation, I, uh, I remember telling my high school counselor I wanted to be a professional drag racer. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I had three eyes and told me I was going to be an engineer. And <laughs> I graduated, I, uh, frankly, got a, school, a job, uh, always worked, you know, part-time jobs, paper mm-hmm. routes, things like that, sure. restaurants and things like that. So I had to. The family situation just kind of required that. If I wanted to have a little extra money in my pocket, that's what I had to do. And uh, so I was able to get a job at a dealership that was growing fast. It was during my junior year in high school. And uh, later I uh, started going to the University of Minnesota to become a mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. And um, frankly, the dealership was growing fast, presented lots of opportunities. And at the time, there was an overabundance of engineers. And so oh, entry-level yeah. pay wasn't that great. <laughs> and um, and like I said, this dealership, had a, frankly, it's going to date me, uh, Oldsmobile. Uh-huh. Oldsmobile is the number one selling model during some of those years. And um, the dealership was growing fast. There's lots of opportunity to, to advance. And so I elected to stick with that. Hmm. So started at the bottom, you know, cleaning, detailing cars, uh, shop support, things like that, car runner. Mm-hmm. wasn't long. I was a warranty administrator. And after that, they taught me estimating. And then a few years after that, I became a body shop manager. That basically became my career. Although, to be frank, I didn't forget the drag racing. Did I was that. about to say, I want mm-hmm. you to tell a little bit about the mm-hmm. drag racing background. I think the listeners would be interested mm-hmm. in that. I did that along the way, kind of worked my way up through the sportsman ranks, Mm -hmm. ran a stock eliminator car, then super stock, then ran a little front engine dragster and comp eliminator for three years, and got a little more serious then. I was really getting engaged with that, and I was a body shop manager at the time. I'd use my vacation uh, a day or two here and there and start doing more and more traveling. And uh, Bought an alcohol funny car, raced that for four years, started to win a few events, do a little better, traveled further and further, and then had an opportunity to uh, license in a nitro funny car. And uh, did that, sold off my alcohol stuff, formed a partnership with a friend, and uh, we went nitro racing. Uh-huh. And um, did that for a couple of years, had some successes, and I was offered a job as a full-time driver. <laughs> so you did that? Yeah, I left that job of, uh, at the dealership, of having been there for 16 years, uh, paid my house up a few months in advance, drove to California, became a professional drag racer. And um, did that for a couple of years, essentially. Uh-huh. Had a great time doing it, learned a lot. Uh, Good times and bad times, a little tough economically to make it all work. I funded my own operation for the most part, Mm -hmm. and we made it work. Did a lot of match racing and things like that to do it. But my last year of racing, I I finished third in IHRA World Championship points and had my day in the sun, a lot of time on TV and things like that, and Uh did frankly well with it for a uh, modest budget. Uh, Met my wife and decided I achieved my goal of becoming a a touring professional and uh, that it was time I'd... I was okay with kind of settling down, so to speak, and went back to the collision repair industry. Well, I, uh-huh. I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, when I found out, you know, that your, your racing mm-hmm. background, I Googled mm-hmm. it, and there was a lot, to, mm-hmm. a lot of, mm-hmm. you had some really fast cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my quickest elapsed time was uh, 5.47 seconds. Uh, that's a standing start, quarter mile. Mm-hmm. And my fastest trap speed was over 264 miles an hour. Yeah, that's by the way, that's kind of fast <laughs> <laughs> from a dead stop. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I I mm-hmm. never none of my cars were ever mm-hmm. anywhere near that fast. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the mm-hmm. resources or nor the mechanical uh, know how mm-hmm. to keep a car consistent, mm-hmm. even in the ten second range. You know, so um, 
And interesting, I, I think that uh, one thing I learned, uh, the professionals, the guys that really were good at this and got into it a lot, a lot of those attributes that lend themselves well to racing uh, lend themselves well to business as well. Mm-hmm. That kind of uh, attention to detail, uh, work ethic, drive, ambition, um, that all those are life skills that uh, help you in other places. They, they and apply. boy, to be a professional racer, those are a requirement. You've got to, uh, you're a slave to the car. When you become a professional, uh, you go to whatever appearance is necessary, you get the parts, you get the preparation done, you have to appear, you have to show, look good, you have to perform well, mm-hmm. and if you don't, you're just gonna fail. You know, Especially at the time, depending upon some match races, we were basically paid on our notoriety. I would negotiate a price per run. I started wow. out, you know, six to eight hundred dollars per run when i finished racing my asking price was twenty five hundred dollars per run and that was all based upon notoriety and so the better you do the more money you can command mm-hmm. and that's something mm-hmm. that that's really consistent mm-hmm. with the theme of the, mm-hmm. the more you learn the more people you know uh, uh in our industry mm-hmm. the more value you add to your employer and to the industry and uh, that's pretty consistent mm-hmm. with it so mm-hmm. so now how long have you been with lametries I've been with Lemetries now just over seven years. Okay. I was president of Layman's Garage for uh, 13 years, mm-hmm. and they had some changes going on there, and I moved on to Lemetries, a similar uh, regional MSO in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that uh, here at Collision Industry Conference you're definitely known for is uh, you've been on the leading edge of uh, scanning, calibration, the ADAS, and really the whole role, the new emerging role in a shop for a technician that does that. You want to talk a little bit about that, what you see? I've always had some inclination towards the mechanical side as well as collision, Mm -hmm. Uh, going back to when I started at the dealership and kind of got to know some of the guys, learned some things along the way. And then later when I went to work for Layman's, Layman's was a company that was started technically 100 years ago as a combination blacksmith mechanical shop Mm -hmm. that added collision later, became more known for collision, Mm -hmm. but always had an element of mechanical. So especially while I was there, I, I learned a lot about managing mechanical departments as well. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to work for Lemetri's, uh, Joanne Lemetri was looking for that. She mm-hmm. wanted to add some non-collision departments, glass, mechanical, and then later we added PDR and uh, ClearGuard. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had some expertise and experience with that. So at Lemetri's, uh, frankly, we, when I started there over, a little over seven years ago, uh, the company overall, we've more than doubled in size in terms of location, sales, numbers of people. Um, like I said, we those other non-collision departments almost didn't exist before. They had three mechanics on staff, but they were just pretty much used to support collision. Mm-hmm. Now we're uh, we're approaching thirty people in our mechanical departments, oh, wow. and um, <clears throat> growing fast. And the uh, the ADAS stuff. I believe in being on the cutting edge and learning about cars and technology and really doing the right thing for mm-hmm. the customer, for safety. Um, but it was a wonderful gift to us as you're trying to grow a mechanical department because there's just so much opportunity. It's just blossoming. Mm-hmm. Lemetries is a company that, uh, while has some DRPs, it also uh, puts a lot of emphasis on dealership relationships, uh, OE certifications. We have almost every one there is out there. Mm-hmm. So the average age of cars that we work on is a bit younger than a lot of our competitors. And so we're seeing more and more of this ADAS stuff, probably before a lot of our competitors. And uh, realizing it needs a lot of this work. And frankly, if you're growing a mechanical to business, it's a, it's a wonderful gift that uh, came along just <laughs> as a tool to grow it. I mean, well, there, there's a good mm-hmm, example mm-hmm. of trying to trying to stay on top of learning and mm-hmm. staying on top of what's mm-hmm. happening so that you can you can mm-hmm. capitalize on that. So mm-hmm. let's back up a little bit. You mentioned ADAS. So mm-hmm. uh, explain a little bit what is ADAS. 
ADAS stands for Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, and it's basically the complement of uh, features that are primarily safety and convenience related. Mm -hmm. Talking in terms of blind spot monitors, adaptive cruise control, um, cameras, backup cameras, and and, uh, a lot of cameras that do all sorts of things. If if you kind of picture in your mind a car going down the road, there's a number of different fields going around that car looking out for objects and information that help uh, all these systems function that uh, that help uh, automatic braking systems would fall under that as well. Accident mm-hmm. avoidance systems, uh, those all funder, fall under that umbrella of ADAS. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. We, in a sense, we, we're in the era of the smart car now. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, uh, we had Frank Turlip in here who mm-hmm. had just you know just uh, released the book Auto Industry Disruption, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about the car being a rolling computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just I find it fascinating. I find it a fascinating time. I know you had mentioned that uh, uh, an ADAS technician could easily come from from an Apple phone store or telephone. You know, you almost could do that because it's uh, those computer skills and that newer uh, new generation of young people who were born with fast um, with momentum of change and and being as uh, many have mentioned being a digital native and knowing how to do stuff that we've had to learn. Mm-hmm. They were just born using it almost from from birth. So huge opportunities for the young people in the industry. It is. One of our better technicians, best technicians, this guy is just a standout, uh, came from a background of parents heavily involved in computers, leading edge, some larger companies and and quite intelligent, sophisticated on the matter. And uh, he got interested in cars. And his job before we had hired him was running a small parts department of a chain store Hmm. and came to us and started doing modest mechanical type work, medium duty. And uh, when this electronics opportunities came along, he got into it. And this is a person that has a passion for it. He'll go home and study up on it. He's online all the time, looking at the the websites and the blogs and all that sort of thing, following Mm -hmm. up on it, researching it. And if he can't figure something out, he's going to get to the bottom one way or another he's going to get the information to do it and and that's the, those are the kind of attributes that we're looking for for that job category mm-hmm. we find that it's almost easier to teach a very computer literate person about cars than it is to take a, a traditional mechanic let's say and teach them about the computer systems mm-hmm. oh that's really good mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's going to be really f- a lot of food for thought for the collision boost listener uh, that's mm-hmm. coming into the industry I think a lot of the uh, of our listeners are actually people who are just considering our industry, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've come to realize that it's a it's really a good industry that provides a level of opportunity that not all industries have. And you know, I, I joke, but I, I'm really honest when I say I, I feel like I'm at best an average person who I feel very fortunate that I've mm-hmm. uh, ended up in this career in, uh, with the collision repair industry and stayed in it. Um, and so that's uh, that's. It's all great, uh, great information. So, if, if let's shift gears a little bit. What if you were to think uh, about this? What is important to understand early in your career? Is there something that jumps out at you that you kind of wish you'd have known earlier in your career, or especially now with everything going on? Is there something you could think of that would be important to know? Early in my career, I'd have to. Um what comes to mind first are the typical work ethics and, and um, uh, you know, uh, honesty, integrity, trust, um, work ethic, punctuality, all those sorts of things come into play a lot. And I, th- I think going all the way back, there's always been a lot of opportunity to grow into mm-hmm. this. And even though some people may grumble in our industry, they do in all industries, frankly. Right, that's right. A lot of people have done very well. I was at an industry event <laughs> a few years ago, and um, 
and some of the negative naysayers were talking with each other and saying, you know, would you recommend this to your son? And one of the participants' son was there, and, and he stood up and said, excuse me, guys. He said, I hear you're complaining all the time, but frankly, he said, I've grown up with this, and I've seen you guys, and I know a lot of you guys have second homes, you drive nice cars, you live in nice places, uh, get you some nice vacations. You guys don't have it so bad. Actually, it's a pretty darn good industry. And I thought it set everybody on their ear a little bit. And here's somebody, you know, 20 to 30 years younger than most of the people in that crowd. And Mm -hmm. his perspectives are spot on. It's a good industry. It Mm -hmm. it, it really is. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we've been talking about with uh, various individuals is a a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times the people that are negative about our industry are the ones mm-hmm. that are just not willing to keep up. Right. Uh, they're just tired or they're just disinterested in learning. And, uh, you, you know, this isn't an industry for someone who uh, doesn't have any interest in learning. But for uh, just the average person who really is interested in learning and willing to jump in there and uh, learn as much as they can, it, it's a lot of opportunity. So one, I, one I couldn't agree more. And, yeah. I, you know, frankly, I'm a baby boomer. And, and a lot of people in my generation, I hear that complaining. And often I hear them saying, as has happened in the past, mm-hmm. you know, that, oh, I'm glad I'm done with this. This is too complicated. Cars are rolling computers. I'm happy to be getting away from this. And, and I wouldn't say this to their face, but frankly, what comes across my mind is that, well, then maybe you're a bit of a dinosaur and you should just step out of the way anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's the way you look at it, that's fine. Yeah. You know, go ahead and retire. That's great. But for those of us that, uh, many of us just see so much opportunity here. This is fun. This is yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I have found it mm-hmm. to be fun. And, and, you know, just because it's a challenge, mm-hmm. but I, I hear uh, people in other industries and some of the things they go through, it sounds very familiar. Mm-hmm. But then also then you hear them talking about things that make you go, wow, well, I don't think I would have done well in that industry. So mm-hmm. you think about it, you working at a dealership and mm-hmm. let's see, you've been uh, chairman of the Automotive Service Association. Mm-hmm. What else kind of thing? You, there's a lot of things I don't probably don't know what all you have a hard time saying no. I uh, <laughs> chairman of AMI right now. Yeah, uh, you're my boss, actually. <laughs> serve on uh, advisory council for ICAR. I was mm-hmm. just invited to be on the new one, uh, mm-hmm. upgraded. Uh, I've been the chairman of the Hennepin Technical College advisory council for many years. A, a local group, uh, Hennepin or a technical college advisory council. I've served on a couple different uh, insurance advisory councils. Uh, let's see, I was the chairman of the SECA SCAN committee. Right now I'm the chairman of the SECA uh, calibration committee. Mm-hmm. And SECA, uh, let's see. Collision uh, Industry Electronic Commerce Association. Yeah, so that's in another episode that we go through that, and we went through mm-hmm. it earlier today. So that's, that, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having a lot of fun with that. Uh, boy, there's some other things to it. I have to just think about it. It's just so, been, yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, NIJ, oh, excuse me, uh, CIC, I'm the chairman of the governmental committee. That's right. Yep. I serve on the Emerging Technologies Committee. Uh, I had served on the database task force back in the early 2000s. So, yeah, you, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you, you get uh, called to the stage quite a bit. You're involved mm-hmm. in a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. you've been able to be right on that leading edge of a lot of these mm-hmm. changes. And really, mm-hmm. you know, one thing I would say is that you've certainly given a lot of your time to help a lot of other people in the industry. And I, I would say you are a prime example of uh, someone willing, if you saw a, a newcomer of the industry that was really interested in trying to, to uh, learn as much as they can, you'd be a really good example of someone who'd take them under your wing and really help them and would really be capable of helping mm-hmm. them too. So uh, any last advice? Uh, you kind of covered it with work ethic. Those are the things that never change, right? Mm-hmm. Any other final advice that you would give to someone that's uh, coming into our industry or considering it? 
The ADAS part, the new electronics, you know, we talked about that cars have become essentially rolling computers. Mm-hmm. I think that differentiates us from the other trades. Mm-hmm. You know, you think in terms of trades, you think of, you know, technical colleges, and because you think about mechanics, body techs, painters, uh, carpenters, uh, electricians, people like that. But one thing that's unique about our industry now is this ADAS stuff is bringing in a whole new uh, category mm-hmm. of work. And there's gonna there's a huge demand now, and it's just gonna do nothing but get bigger. And for somebody that's inclined to get into computer work, and not have to have a four year degree, not have to have you know uh, mountains of school debt and things mm-hmm. like that, the opportunity is huge. And and even if you're the type of person that you don't necessarily want to turn a lot of wrenches, get dirty, greasy, dusty, whatever, uh, you don't have to in this. And and it's quite a sophisticated part of the industry, and and it makes us unique versus the other trades. And I frankly think for somebody that has the right aptitude, uh, you can almost write your ticket right now. You can make a lot of money, and the, the uh, opportunities for advancement are huge. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I, I just, mm-hmm. I'm really excited mm-hmm. about it. I, would, mm-hmm. I, uh, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to convey that enough uh, to mm-hmm. people considering our industry because, you know, especially those people that are into computers mm-hmm. and, and programming and, and really into that you know unfortunately a lot of that kind of stuff is moving those job opportunities are moving offshore to other countries mm-hmm. whereas what the part we need it's not going anywhere it's going to continue to happen right there in our industry uh, in this country and uh, it's it's a, a good solid opportunity for a career for mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of young people or really anyone a veteran or anyone that's willing to learn I went to a presentation at uh, Apex uh, a few months ago talking about working on ADAS systems, and they were referring to it the collision side and mechanical side. And they estimated right now that it was about, if I'm not mistaken, about a quarter to maybe half a billion dollar industry for the year, uh, for a year. And that I believe it was 2023, they projected it would be at least two, two and a half billion dollars with an easy potential of being over $7 billion. Of an indus- worth of an industry, just working on servicing and fixing ADAS systems. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that translates mm-hmm. to uh, the Collision Boost listener having mm-hmm. huge opportunities. If, and, yes. and actually, mm-hmm. listening to this and learning about that opportunity mm-hmm. puts you above those that, uh, at least, it gives you an opportunity for those that aren't listening to this to really learn that. So, mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Any mm-hmm. final thoughts? I don't think so. Just seize the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Savor it. Enjoy it. Uh, get on it and go for a great ride. I think yeah. there's a, so much potential there for it. Well, I think we, we mm-hmm. both can agree that we've mm-hmm. had great careers so far, and mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to quit. I mean, mm-hmm. it's as, uh, it just gets better every year. I, it really does. And I'm very appreciative for all the people uh, who have been willing to help me and help others. And, and uh, I do appreciate you taking the time. This mm-hmm. is a busy week to take the time to come over here and talk to us. And um, I, I I can't say thank you enough. You're welcome. I, I appreciate it. There are so many good people that uh, are leaders in our industry that give a lot of themselves. And I know it probably sounds corny, but for me, I, I personally believe it's part of my mission in life to help other people in our industry. Yeah, and um, and I, that's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, so on that note, again, thank you for being here. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, again, for the listeners, if you have any comments or questions, uh, collisionboostradio at gmail.com. Hey, if you've got questions directed mm-hmm. at Daryl, even, uh, we'll chase him down. We know how to find him, and mm-hmm. we'll get uh, the question in front of him, and we'll get you an answer, or we'll create another episode. So, uh, again, thanks, Daryl, and we'll uh, talk to you later. Thank you, Jeff.